everyone, welcome back to my podcast. This is the Floral Kami Podcast, not your average love guru podcast. It is approximately 11.17 at night, you guys. It is approximately 11.17 p.m. Real quick, you guys, if you hear any sounds in the background, I do have my dog or my puppy in here with me. He's a German Shepherd, a East Working Line German Shepherd. I just thought I would throw that in there because I've been obsessed with like German Shepherd since I was like nine years old and I'm a very spiritual person and I've always been into like forest animals like wolves and bears and stuff like that so that's kind of what it is and um, welcome to season one episode eight you guys of the Floral Comedy podcast so you guys had I'm not sure if you guys had heard it I had uh, recorded a podcast episode of Jocelyn's Cabaret and after hearing a couple of interviews on YouTube from the actual participants of the show, I just felt like, you know, I really strive hard not to make commentary because, you know, sometimes we never have all the information that we need um, necessary. So I decided to just delete that. And you guys know how I've explained before. I may, you may see episodes on here and sometimes I might just delete it because I really just don't want, I want it to be not perfect, but I want it to make sense and I want to not regret what I put on um, the podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about like how to heal your inner child. I'm definitely going to be talking about spirituality. I'm definitely going to be talking about like a bunch of stuff that I felt like was important. Like I literally sat down and meditated before I made this podcast. Um, So spirituality wise and inner child wise, um, if you guys have heard my um, episode seven of the untold truths of adoption, I had told you guys I was adopted at the age of three going on four. And um, for a while, I was like a little bit, you know, I grew up very confused. Um, it was it was very hard for me. And again, anybody who's been adopted or just, you know, had a stepmom or anything like that, you can relate. And, um, you know, inner child and spirituality, we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about Wiccanism, paganism. We're going to talk about spirituality. And the reason why and we're going to talk about shadow work and shadow work is when you literally take the time to, um, you know, you know, analyze yourself and really take a look at yourself and really understand um, who you are. And I learned about shadow work and spirituality when I moved up to Fresno. I had moved to Fresno and I was in Fresno for about two years and, you know, a lot of things hit full force for me and my husband. Um, our son, not so much because we try to keep him out of the BS. And my husband and I both come from, you know, broken homes. You know, we both feel like we didn't have our mothers. We both feel like we didn't really have our parents. And that's where the inner child trauma comes from. So if you grew up with like narcissistic parents, you know what I mean. Um, narcissism you know narcissism is literally when the person lacks the empathy to understand where you're coming from and i definitely as a mother don't agree with just because you're the parent everything should go your way and everything is right because it's definitely not like that and what you do to your child when you do things like that you silence them and you keep them from being able to open up their voice which is a main reason why i made my podcast because growing up a lot of people used to always try to keep me quiet um they always felt like when I opened my mouth, I was a know-it-all. And I felt like, you know, I, you know, I'm not a know-it-all, but I was very much very, you know, very articulate and still am. And that's only because I used to, I loved 
to read when I was a little girl. Um, how I said in uh, my previous adoption episode, that is advice sometimes for children who suffer trauma. They might pick something that's like music. Um, they might pick something like a movie. They might uh, pick something, um, you know, to them that that's what calms them down. That's what helps them not have to feel the stress of the trauma. And, you know, my, my childhood growing up was very um, hard for me because, you know, um, when you're adopted, it's kind of hard because it's like, it, you know, not... It, you know, it's hard to accept that your parents, in my case, it was hard for me because um, my parents made a lot of stupid decisions and they're users, you know, they were using and stuff. And I wasn't, you know, I'm not a judge or I'm not here to say that I'm perfect or anything like that, but it fucked me up. And how did it fuck me up? Because I'm the youngest out of six siblings. So you guys heard my story about the adoption, but you know, by logical, I'm the youngest out of six siblings. So there's, I have three sisters and I have two brothers. Um, you know, I had a sister named Lovey, um, who passed away September 2020, and it's almost about to be, yeah, it's about to be a year since my sister passed, and it's crazy how I'm just, you know, thinking about talking about this right now, you know, it was very hard for me when my sister died, and I blamed my biological mom so much because you know when you're using or when you're going out partying and you when you leave your children in the most vital times of their life this is how it fucks up so i was like the sick i was the youngest out of six siblings and i do get flashbacks here and there when i was little i definitely remember mostly my siblings um, I definitely remember my auntie because she raised us a lot and when I when I when I was like three going on four I always remember my auntie in books and come to find out in real life You know later on she's really was a nurse when we got in touch now keep in mind I wouldn't get reunited with my biological family until I was like 17 years old um, When I got adopted at four it's like everything from there was like a blur because it was so fast like y'all I really literally remember being I, re I literally remember having the last um, you know they did like I remember a little go away party when I was little it was the last time I would see my siblings and I remember everybody just looked so sad because they knew that I was going to be they knew that I was going to be taken away and I didn't and um, again if you hear something in the background that's my husband seeing his butt off but um, so I remember having this last like get together with them I definitely remember my brother um, I had two of my brothers, um, one of them passed away, the brother that I'm talking about, my brother Anthony, he passed away in a car crash, a very fatal car crash, which by the way, y'all, I would not find out until I was like 21 years old, y'all. We were living in the same city for years and I barely had found out that my brother had died. And keep in mind, this is after searching for my, my siblings, my family for so long. Um, I had my brother Tim, you know, my sister Tina, my brother Quinn, my sister Mina. I remember being at this barbecue and I remember looking at this Barbie Jeep and I have it so present how I was looking at this Barbie Jeep and my brother was like, you like that Barbie Jeep? And I was like, yeah. He's like, one day when we grow up, you know, I'm going to get you that Barbie Jeep. And so, unfortunately that never happened because I would never see him again. Um... So after that little go away thing, um, we end up going, they end up, uh, my auntie ends up driving me to these apartments and these apartments would end up being, um, give me a second. So I remember, um, literally we got, we got in my auntie's car, I remember it was like a black car 
And well, before we get to that, I do want to talk about like how I remember everything happening. Like I remember my little baby cousin, Asia. Um, I remember my siblings. I remember the cousins that would come over and stuff. Um, and then slowly but surely, I remember seeing my adoptive mom. She was like sitting, they had invited her to like a get together. How Little did I know this was gonna be my adoptive mom. And I remember her, her red fingernails and her like golden bracelets and her rings and her jewelry. And I was so attracted to it. And I walked over to her and you know, that's, that is crazy how they do that, like a puppy meal, but that's really what happened, you feel me? And um, she would be the one to end up adopting me. So we, I, again, we get in this car and um, she drives us to these apartments and I'm in the car with my sister Tina, my brother Quinn, my brother Anthony, my brother Tim. And I remember my auntie Tina stopping us and my sister saying, can I at least say goodbye to her? Um, again, I didn't know what was going on. Um, so my older sister Tina, she grabs me by my hand. My brother and my, my brothers get out the car and we're all holding hands. And I walk into the apartments and I see who would be my adoptive mom. And I remember my sister looking at me and saying, okay, you be good, okay, I love you and I'll see you soon. And I was confused because I'm just like, I thought you coming with me, like, you feel me? Um, once my sister let go of my hand, my brothers, I remember seeing them like walk off and me and my adoptive mom were standing by the pole in these apartments. And I remember like feeling this, this sensation in my knees, my legs, like I couldn't move. Like I was watching them walk off and like to the point where I couldn't see them no more. Again, y'all not understanding what just happened. And after a week or two, then three weeks, then four weeks passed by. Um, it was crazy, y'all. I just understood that I wasn't going to see him. Then, you know, around five or six years old, that's when it really hit me, and I started missing them really bad. Um, by this time, I'm in kindergarten. You know, I'm reading a lot of books. Again, y'all, my favorite book to read was um, Martin Luther King, the documentary or the um, biographies, because I that's my favorite activist, Malcolm X. Um, you know, those were my favorite, 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 favorite. That was my favorite activist was specifically Martin Luther King because I liked his message that he had of nonviolent. I liked that he was able to get his point across without having to fight. And y'all, that's what that's what helped me live a good, peaceful life because that's what helped me become a talker. Because you know, Martin Luther King had several fights when he was younger where the guys wanted to fight him and Martin Luther King was able to just talk it out because he didn't believe him. You know what I'm saying? He, did, he just didn't believe in that. So that's, you know, that's kind of how my childhood went, y'all. Like from first grade to third grade, y'all. And then where it really started hitting me, I want to say it was like eighth grade. Keep in mind the years I'm bringing up to you guys. You don't hear me bringing up my siblings. It was a lonely life. Yes, I had my adoptive siblings, but it would break my heart when I would see their siblings come so they can go hang out with them and seeing that they still had a relationship with their biological family, y'all, it would eat me the fuck up so bad because I didn't have that. I had like a lot of bullies, I had a lot of bullshit had um, happened to me and I felt like that's why I felt like I grew up alone. You know, I always bumped heads with my adoptive mother. Um, sometimes my biological family thinks it was easy and it wasn't because um, I was very much... Um, 
you know, I was like, I feel like I was verbally abused uh, because we were like different cultures. Like she would say a lot of like colorist racial stuff to me and my, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, as much as I got along with my adoptive siblings, like, you know, since we're different cultures, like it was easy for them to just say colorist things and they're assuming it's not hurting me, but it is. Um, I have no family. I have, I don't know. I'm, I'm living with, I'm completely living with people. I got literally forced to live with a whole different, uh, you know, family. And again, that's like a puppy. That's like taking a puppy and forcing them to live with a whole nother family. Um, so after that, you know, I grew up very like low self-esteem. I grew up very insecure because they would always talk about my weight, my skin color, my hair texture, especially like it was the reason why I didn't even like to go to the beach because they'd be like, oh, you know, you're going to get darker or your hair is going to shrink up and this and that. Like it was just so much like weird racial stuff going on, y'all. And from the ages of 14 to 19, I literally tried to take my life. Um, I tried to take my life so many times because I felt like I wasn't worthy to live. I felt like, okay, well, my real family don't want me. And then this family here is treating me like this. Why the fuck am I still here? Like, why the fuck am I alive? Y'all, I did have my moments where I was mad at God. I'm like, why do you have me here? For what? Like, I have nobody. And that it, it wouldn't be until I became... Uh, you know, but started believing in Christ and accepting Christ that, you know what, I'm not alone. But, you know, from 14 to 19, that's really what it was. Um, it, it was very it was very hard for me. Like it was very, very hard for me. My high school, like, um, you know, I always feel like I got taken advantage of by men because since my adoptive mom was so verbally abusive and I didn't even have my daddy. Um, you know, I would just take whatever compliments and it led to me, you know, in the future really being in a very bad, abusive, domestic violence relationship before I met my husband. Um, when I hit 17, this would be before I would start like, you know, the last time I feel like I really, something bad almost happened to me. I was about 17 years old when I first got, um, I was raped. Um, I felt like it was cool that I graduated early at 17 because I did. I couldn't stand nobody in my school, y'all. So I was just like, you know, what? I'm ready to leave this place. I'm ready to do me and start my life. I thought that's what it meant for me graduating. I immediately tried to go sign up for college. I tried to go to UEI. I tried to go to Kaplan. I tried to go to Pima. I tried to go to, to, to all that shit. And, um... I remember I first got my phone, you know, because my adoptive mom used to give me stuff and then take it away. And I remember this phone my friend had given to me and um, I was able to somehow turn on the phone because I realized when you're adopted, there's money that you get. So, you know, I started telling my adoptive mom, like, hey, I'm older. Like, can I get money? Because you're taking stuff away when I can. I literally have the right to buy this. So once I did that, it was impossible for her to take my stuff away because it's like I'm paying this now. I'm doing this now. You feel me? Uh, keep in mind, 17 would be the age where I would meet my biological family. So um, I was on this website or this phone line called Livelings because I always wanted to be loved. I swore like I wanted to be loved. I wanted to have I wanted to be in a relationship so bad because I just didn't fucking feel love, bro. I wasn't I, didn't, I hadn't taken God seriously yet. I, I, I'm young, bro. I didn't you know, that's why it's very vital for you parents and you fathers to be in your daughter's life. So I'm on this website and I meet this person. Obviously, he lies about who he is and what he looks like and this and that. I go meet up with this dude and 
which I should have never did. And um, literally, y'all, he literally raped me for four hours. And I can say four hours because I remember the time it was when I met up with him. Um, Cause I'm thinking it's gonna be a date. I really, like I say, y'all, I was so like I really wanted love so bad. Um, ladies, listen, you're fine as fuck. Fuck what they say about your hair and your weight. Don't you ever put your trust, not your trust, but don't put your self-esteem, don't put your self-esteem in a man. Make sure that your faith comes first because man will fail you. God will never fail you. Okay. So he does this to me. I'm not going to get all into detail because I don't know if there's young people who listen to my stuff, but, um, and then it's, you know, it's very traumatic for me to bring it up. Like literally when I have to talk about it, I get PTSD just because of what he did to me and how long he did that bullshit to me for y'all. So after that happened to me, he, you know, he, he was weird. Like he literally was like, oh, you know, um, he's like, that was good. He's like, I'm gonna, he's like, um, he was just saying like a bunch of weird stuff to me. And I remember after he did, like, after it was done, he went to go take a shower and I was so paralyzed with fear because keep in mind, I've been medicated since I was five years old, um, for things that I absolutely did not need, but I was medicated. And um, what it did was it stopped me. It stopped the part in my brain where it said run. So um, this is, and mind you guys, this was in San Diego. So it's like, after this happened, I, the only thing, part that made me open up my brain was when he was like, okay, I'm going to take you home now. So my butt, I get in his car. And then anybody who's familiar with San Diego or Chula Vista, once it got to East Street, I, something clicked into me where I opened up his car while the dude was still driving and y'all, I fucking rolled, bounced, and dipped up out that bitch, y'all. When I say I ran, y'all, I'm talking I was on some Shikari, you know what I'm saying? I was, I was gone, y'all. I was gone, not even to be funny, but I was gone. Y'all, you know what I'm talking about? When you run, your hands are open type shit, your fingers are spread apart like you're booking it. I ran for my life. And as soon as I got to my adoptive mom, she seen the blood dripping, just falling all down my freaking legs. Cause yes, y'all, I was a virgin. And the first thing she says was, oh, in Spanish, she's like, te agarraron verdad, te cogieron verdad, like they fucked you, huh? That's how she told me, like all ruthless like that. And I'm like, yeah, but not, not cause I wanted to. I was like by force. So all she, what she did was she, she told me to get in the shower. So as I'm getting in the shower, like my hands, my legs, everything was shaking because y'all that just happened to me. And then on top of that, I ran. And I remember I was getting in the shower and get ready because I was going to take myself to Planned Parenthood because I wanted to know if I was either pregnant or if I was had any type of STDs. Like, yo, I was just fucking raped. My doctor mom comes in the bathroom and she says, you better be lucky it was just one and that it wasn't 18. 18 dudes doing that to you. I don't know who says that to their kids or who has that type of reaction to their kids, but it was just so much stuff, like very bad stuff. Like she used to tell me, like she, she used to love to constantly remind me how I'm not even really her kid. So it's, it led to like a lot always, that's what led a lot also to my depression. So after she says that to me, I go to Planned Parenthood. Thank God I'm fine, y'all. I hated myself even more after this. So I end up going back on this fucking website. And this time I would meet my, um, you know, uh, boyfriend who ended up getting murdered, right? So I meet him. 
and you know it's crazy y'all because he was gonna do the same thing to me um and I and he was also older than me and he was gonna do the same thing to me and I remember telling him I was like wow like this just happened to me last week because mind y'all we was drinking I had no business drinking but you know, I, you know, I did, I did, ah, this is my first time drinking as well, so once I, once I barely, like, we was drinking, uh, what do you call that shit, um, Four Locos, so when it barely, it barely got to, like, half the can, my head was falling back, right, like, it was tilting back, like, I couldn't take that much alcohol I never drank before, once he seen that, he proceeded to try to do the same shit to me, y'all, and I was like, oh, this just happened to me last week, he's like, what, I was like, I just got raped last week, once I said that to him, he pulled my pants back up, he gave me a kiss on my forehead, and he reluctantly, I remember, walked me back to my mother's house. And this is, you know, where I say it was weird because it feels like I had a gift because from the moment I met him, I knew that his, like, his time was coming short. And, you know, anybody who's a victim of, like, you feel like, anybody like me, you have a heart like me, um, you know, you try to nurture people. That's the impact of me. I was trying to nurture. I was trying to, you know, change this person or whatever. Keep in mind, y'all, this is all at 17. So time goes by. I'm with this dude who, you know, was always drinking. He wasn't alcoholic. And guess what? Also verbally abusive, always cheating, all types of shit. But by the grace of God, I never gave myself up to him. Mind you, we was together for a whole year. I had never given myself up to him because he was older than me and I knew what he kept doing, you feel me? But I feel like I stayed because I knew his time was coming short. So now we go to that part and you guys see how fast I grew up, y'all, you know what I'm saying? Um, so after, after that happened, um, I remember it was so hard for me, you know, to go anywhere because he was so freaking like possessive. And one day, my adoptive mom and my adoptive siblings, we go to TJ. Now, this would be when I would finally get in contact with my adoptive siblings. So, you know, when you go to Tijuana, when you go to Mexico, you go to, to the other side, period, your phones ain't going to work. You feel me? Um, and that's what drove him crazy. But I felt like, you feel me? I need this. I need to get the fuck away from him because, bro, I, you know what I'm saying? So, we're in TJ. My adopted mom, we was in, we were in this hotel called Bahrain. It was my favorite, favorite hotel. Like, it was my favorite, favorite hotel. And they had Wi-Fi. And I remember going on the computer because even when I was younger, I had always tried to look at my siblings. And I remember first I seen my sister, Tina, y'all. I had literally found her on Facebook and didn't even know that that would be my sister. It was a picture of her with red hair. I'll never forget it. And it said worked at Sears or something like that. And, I, and I, y'all, when I first seen her picture, I was 16. I was a sophomore. Come to find out, I'd meet her at 17. Look at God. So I'm on this computer, and something told me, y'all, to look up my siblings one more, one more time. So I type it in. I type in uh, Quinn. This, that's the name of my brother and my father. And it, it had his, you feel me, had his last name with the junior part in it. And something told me, I, I just messaged him, right, y'all? I was like, hey, uh, did you have a younger sister that got taken away when you guys were young? He immediately, he immediately, my brother immediately knew. He was all like, yes. Because if he didn't know, I'm telling you, the way my brother is, he's not going to just talk to you. You know what I mean? He's not going to slide in the info. He don't even know the fuck he is, you feel me? But um, he knew immediately. He put yes. 
and I was like, um, what was the name of our parents? And he told me the name. I was like, dude, I'm your fucking little sister. And that's how I would meet my brother. And my brother let everybody know he found me. You feel me? So when we crossed back over, obviously I have all these abusive messages, these threatening messages, because this dude, my the older person I'm with, he's over here thinking I'm doing crazy stuff. Mind you, I'm have to be with my family. I'm still a minor, bro. I still have to fucking obey my adoptive mom, whether the fuck I like it or not. So at this time, my whole biological family meets me. They know I'm with this guy. My brother was definitely not having it. <laughs> Once he found out that, you know, I was with a dude that was like five years older than me. And um, again, when you don't have your father, when you don't have the first man in your life, that type of shit is going to happen. That's why when you hear stories about strippers or prostitutes or, you know, women that ha are like broken and stuff, it starts with the father. Nigga, if you're not there, like if you're not there to regulate, if you're not there to tell your daughter she's a princess, if you sit there and call your daughter out her name or whatever the hell it is, like, dude, your your daughters literally, literally freaking need you. You're supposed to be superhero. You're supposed to be A1, day one. You're supposed to be dad and moms too. Um, so, you know... That happened or whatever and my brother you know thank God I never showed them the messages I never told them what he did to me until like he actually passed away because once I met my family and seen you know what I'm saying my root roots you feel me and they not the type of people you should let them know about stuff like that you feel me? so that happens fast forward he kept on you know I have to bring it up because it's like it's a part of me growing up when I was 17 so this happens, I meet my biological family, this dude is still in my life, but it's like, it was so hard to like get to know my family like that because every time I'll go visit them, he's thinking I'm doing something. Mind you, we haven't even did anything, I'm just a minor. And you're the one that kept cheating, you feel me? So we're going fast, 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 all the way fucking forward. And, you know, um, he, uh, two months before he died, I had a dream that six dudes walked into an elementary school and I seen him when he was little in my dream. And I have it so present. Um, I remember and then I turned and I turned around again, and this time he was an adult. And they had bats and crowbars and knives. And I remember in my dream, I was screaming. And there was somebody literally holding me back in my dream. And the reason why I was screaming is because they proceeded to beat him so bad. Um, and then when he crawled, I mean when he tried to you know still move, they stabbed him twice, fatally, right? And if y'all Google it, which I'm not going to do it out of protection and safety for their family, that's really how he died, y'all. And I remember waking up in my dream and telling him, like, yo, like, I had, you know, I'm scared. I had this dream, this, and that happened to you. He's like, babe, you know, I'm like a cat. I have nine lives. And that wasn't the case. He really, you know, died like that. And to this day, it's why I'm so crazy overprotective over my husband. I don't be giving a fuck what people tell me. I be like, you got to let him do for him, which he does. He's an exceptional husband. But like at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck what y'all talking about because y'all don't know my pain and what I have to suffer and why the way I am like that. You feel me? Um, 
but yeah that's really how he you know passed away and all this at 17 look at all this shit at 17 again i was like bruh i don't have nobody because at this time um certain family members in my biological family they were already fighting with me they were already showing their true freaking colors they were you know really just getting on getting on my fucking nerves like i am a very positive person and i've learned to forgive them because i had to grow up and, and endure painful 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 stuff like this already all my life so i was kind of used to it y'all uh fast forward to like uh 19 the age where i would want to come where i tried to commit suicide was because I could not take the verbal abuse anymore from my adoptive mom, my doctor siblings, my biological family, people that I'm trusting and keep switching up on me. And for some reason with men, because I'm, you know, they, they just always felt like I hated high school because it's so hard to grow up. You know, how you're, as a woman, how your body start changing and shit. I just hated high school and I hated men for a long time. So 19 comes around, I try to kill myself and I had overdosed. I had took a bunch of my, you know, my depression pills, my mom's pills, my doctor dad's pills. I had did a lot. And another reason why it led to I had depression badly is because around 16, my adoptive dad began touching me. Um, not like in my, you know, my vajay, but I'm saying like y'all like, I'm talking about it would start with like grazing my breast. He would act stupid every time he walked past me. Like, he would just grace my breasts or always had a fucking reason for why he felt like he needed to touch me there. And I wouldn't say anything until I was 18 because I was so fucking like, I, when he first did it, I was like, what the fuck? Like, you supposed to be my dad and I ain't even got my real dad and you my adopted dad and you doing this fuck shit. You feel me? Um, I remember so presently, I was like 18. I was washing the dishes. And he kept walking past and forth, like grazing my ass, y'all, like with his private part, like acting like he's reaching for cups in the cabinet, but putting his private part on my on my ass. And I remember slam, slamming down all the dishes. I went, stop, y'all. Like, I was like, fucking stop. Cause I showed you my fucking nerves, nigga. Back your ass up. Like, I hate saying the N-I-G-G-A, but anyway, I'm gonna say it because that's my fucking word, but period. Um I was like, back your ass up, you feel me? And then my adoptive mom was kind of like, what's going on? Like, what's going on? And I I still didn't want to say anything. Um, because I knew, she knew what was going on. And, you know, I just didn't like it because sometimes she would like, you know, grope me up too. Because once I started going to puberty, like, it just felt so weird. Like, this isn't your family. So they're gonna just be, you know, I, y'all. 19 that they're a reason why I try to take myself out um, Mind you in this whole time when I first turned 17 This would be where I would meet my sister lovey I didn't get an opportunity to meet my brother Anthony and Tim because when I finally got reunited with them The family still didn't know where the fuck they are Because we all me and my brothers got adopted. I was it is just like It was it was a sucky time to be reunited with people man and um, 19 comes again, you know, I'm, I'm telling y'all, I'm, I'm taking these pills. I could feel myself, I felt myself die. I felt myself die. You know how people say you have an outer experience, outer body experience, I fucking had that. Because y'all, I took these pills at 4.30 a.m. 
and didn't fucking wake up till like two o'clock in the morning. And my adoptive mom, I have it so present. She told me, she's like, oh wow, you did you overdose? She's like, I had a feeling you died, but I didn't, but she's all like, it looked like you had died, but she's like, I didn't want, um, she's like, but I didn't feel like um, investigating to see if you did. Like she would say fucked up shit like that, y'all. Keep, you know, and keep in mind when I had this outer body experience, I saw my body and I knew I died because I tried to get back in my body and I couldn't. So when I woke up, I remember the first thing I did was go to that living room after she said that stupid ass comment and I began singing this gospel song. And in the middle of the gospel song, it was crazy like spirituality wise because I do feel like I started speaking in like a spiritual language because she had told me like a couple of people have heard me do that when but it only I feel like it like it literally if you a Christian you believe in God you know what I'm talking about and it only comes out like bro like I don't know how to explain it it's happened to me only two times in my life and then two times was like where I was about to like die like you feel me and um I remember she was trying to get me to be quiet and I put my hand up and I continued speaking because the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit take over, you better shut your mouth. You feel me? And I was singing and stuff. And I remember telling God, leave. I was like, leave me in the den with the lions and the tigers and the snakes. I said, but God, don't leave me here long enough for where I'm to where I'm going to forget who I am. So after that happens, y'all, and I had told God, use me as a vessel. Listen, when you ask God for patience, if you ask him for to be your vessel, he will definitely do that. He will definitely do that. But you're a writer if you do that because God like, okay, you're a writer. You feel me? Because that's really how God tests you. And the next day, I literally got kicked out immediately. Like I got, I get kicked out. And it was fine. It, was, it wasn't fine, actually. I'm saying it's fine because I knew they didn't give a fuck, but I'm saying like, I get kicked out because, you know, by the time I was 19, I couldn't take all this abuse. So you better believe I started like talking crazy. So I get kicked out at 19 and 19 is the age y'all where I would literally be on my own. I was already on my own at, at the moment I got adopted because I didn't have parents. Um, I didn't really talk to my biological family like that. Only my siblings, um, you know, I, it, it was just like a hard time. Like I talked to my older sister, Mina. I was always, I kept in contact with my sister, Lovey, my sister, Mina, and my brother, Quinn, and my sister, Tina, because those were the, those are the main siblings that always be like, always like, even if we have some weird fallout or whatever, they're always right there. And then I have uh, my cousins, um, Kenya, and my, 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 my cousins, Wesley, and my cousins, Anthony. Like I have people in my life that god forbid should something happen those are the people who freaking always pop up on god so at 19 you know i talked to my biological brother he finds out that that happened to me my brother came and swooped me real quick boom told me pack your shit you're not about to be in no shelter you're not about to be homeless boom my brother came and swooped me so i live with my brother for like two weeks and then um you know, I start um, literally like after two weeks, I wanted to be on my own. I go back to my adoptive mother's house. I straighten up, you feel me? And I wanna say I grinded, I hustled for like a long time. And at 20, it would be at 20 years old, I got my first place. It was a studio, I got my first place. Mind you guys, in this time, I had got involved in another relationship 
um, a year, I want to say like a year after um, my, this person like passed away, because I literally felt like, bro, like I'm, I'm a person with severe depression. Like when he died, I was like, oh my God, where else can I? Because it's not like, it, you know, even my sister told me like, we didn't even know half the shit you go through because you're so fucking quiet. But I'm quiet because I've always been a person like I'm not finna burden people because you hear the stuff I just said I went through. Like, this is really mostly the, the first time really ever I'm talking about it on my podcast. Like, you feel me? And it was crazy because this person I was in, it was like a second domestic violence relationship. When I tell you all, this man used to beat the crap out of me. And it didn't start until we moved in together. And I remember him telling me, like, you know, on Christmas 2013, I remember him telling me, what would you do if, I, if we moved in and I just started beating the fuck out of you? Most 19-year-olds, most females walk off when you say weird shit like that. I didn't. Because he was in a vulnerable situation and he wasn't stable. And I felt the Taurus in me and the empath in me felt so bad. Or the Christian in me felt so bad too. To where all I did was try to help this dude. I'm talking about paying his mother's rent, y'all. Like getting abused by like his family. And when I finally moved in with him, that's when the abuse would start. And the abuse started one day when, you know, I just noticed like red flags. Um, the first red flag was like, he just did not want to get a job. He didn't want to do shit with his life. He kept using the, his depression as an excuse, but there's no excuse. Like dude would go cheat all the freaking time. He's one of those abusive dudes that he expects you to accept that he's cheating. And at 19 years old, living on your own, going through something like that, it's crazy. It's just crazy, right? So he wasn't working. He ended up having his brother move in with us. And him and his brother became physically abusive to me. That's literally how it was. It felt like I couldn't do shit. Like I was in the, anybody that know National City, I was all the way in the back there in, the, in this one studio. And to the point where they had even said in 2008, girls' bodies had been found behind this bridge. Like I just definitely was not protected. Um, and you know, most of the time he would leave me there alone anyway because he would be out there doing his shit. Um, and I have it so present one day, the first day that I would get hit was because he would, it started with verbal abuse. He kept calling me out my name and I do, I am a firecracker and sooner or later I got tired of that shit. So I'm like, how, I, I was like, how would you like it if I start calling you names? He'd be like, I wouldn't give a fuck. I'm like, but how would you like it if I provoked you? Because a lot of the shit he would do was fucking unprovoked. So I took it upon myself. I started throwing little shirts. I was like, see, this is how it feels. Like I started throwing little shirts. This dude really got up and used his fist to slam me into the fucking wall. And I say he busted my mouth. I'm saying he busted my mouth. And that would be the first, 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 first time. And you know when this, y'all, this was on Thanksgiving 2014. This dude did this to me on Thanksgiving. Um, after he, after he did that, um, his brother, you know, they, his brother grabbed me by my legs because he knew I was about to fight back at this point. And, um, he knew at this point that I was going to get ready to like fight back. So he grabbed my, he grabs my legs, y'all. He, they flipped me over and I've already been raped. So I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm about to get fucking raped because it's two dudes like that. One girl in a fucking studio and the way he flipped me over like he kept hold of my legs and I started screaming. And then that's when my abusive ex came. Um, he sat on my back, 
put his arm around my neck and he proceeded to fucking strangle the fuck out of me. I'm just watching my blood all over the floor. Like I'm spitting my blood out. And even though he was choking me, all I could think, all I could remember was I fucking hope like I still have all my teeth. I didn't even care about everything else. I just, my smile, little things like that, I took very pride in. And when he did that to me, all I could remember was thinking like, I hope I still have all my fucking teeth. And he gets off of me. I spit my blood in his face. I was like, does this shit make you fucking happy? Even though, come on, like, most of y'all be like, girl, he just did that to you. Still gonna be, yeah, because I don't give a fuck. I'm a tourist. I'm a bull. And if you bring out the fighter in me, I'm not a violent person. But if you if you pick and pick with me, I'll definitely give you what you're looking for. But in that moment, I was just so heated. All I did was spit the blood in his face. And I go run in the bathroom to go see if I still have my teeth. Once I realized I, I had all my teeth, I came out the bathroom because I wanted to fight now. Because when I was younger, all I wanted to do was brawl for this reason. All I wanted to do was brawl. All I wanted to do was fight. Because that's what he put me. That's how he made me. You feel me? Um, he, he ends up leaving. Him and his brother end up leaving. And this is when I had to sit down with myself. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What the fuck did you just get yourself into, y'all? I mean, to me. Um, y'all. Shit is crazy. So, yep, this was November 25th, 2014, yep. So, he does that to me, promises he'll never do it again. <laughs> when the dude say you that, he lying. He lying through the gaps, through his mouth, okay? Um, this is what I mean, y'all, when I say dark humor. I'm able to, like, make jokes out of it. Most of you think it's not funny, but me, I've... <laughs> I cried, I done cried already. So after that happens, fast forward literally fucking four weeks later, we're getting to another argument. He starts going, shut the fuck up. He's like, you want me to do to you what I did to you last time? I'm like, oh, so you like putting your hands on me, right? I let it go. I'm like, whatever, I'm gonna let it go to fight another day. But literally after that, that's where I, I even told my husband, I would literally start getting beat like every two days, bro. Every fucking two days. Like when I say this dude kept finding a reason to put his hands on me, I mean, this dude kept finding fucking reasons to put his hands on me. Uh, I, like I wasn't even this dude's, like you would think I was his hoe and he was my pimp the way he kept fucking putting his hands on me. And um, I think the worst fight ever that was like, it had me, like all the way fucked up to where I kicked him and his brother out my fucking house was <sighs> so after he kept cheating and cheating and fucking cheating and cheating and cheating and cheating and cheating and cheating and cheating some more <sighs> January 22nd comes mind you I would kick his brother and him out I mean I kicked his brother out in January because his brother kept fucking putting his hands on me too that story with him was crazy too because um there was times his baby mama would come. There was this time his baby mama came and he also would look for reasons just to fucking pipe to like, just to start shit. And he, like my, the ex abusive piece of shit, he was making some pancakes and he kept calling me out my name in front of his brother and I got so fucking mad. Anybody who knows me knows, do not call me a bitch, <laughs> okay? And he was calling me a bitch. So I slapped all the fucking stupid ass toe pancakes. That's my fucking money that I bought anyway. I slapped that shit on the motherfucking ground. Cause I was like, I just told you not to call me a bitch. Most people be like, oh my God, you're not scared. You're going to do it to you. Y'all, you get to a point like JLo, like it get enough. Okay. So after I slapped them stupid ass 
uh, pancakes on the float, um, his brother gets to call me out my name and he's like, oh, if you want to act like a man, I'm going to beat you like a man, da 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 and I got so mad because I was trying to take a walk. I'm walking out my house and he had the nerve to be like, yeah, get the fuck out my house. And it's my house. You guys aren't even working. What? When he said that to me, y'all, I ran back up in that studio and he literally called himself trying to grab me by my neck. And I, y'all, when I tell you I had to grab a fucking cooking pan and I chucked it at him and by one inch, it almost hit him. And it was at that moment, y'all that he started to back the fuck up because I was not fucking playing anymore. This, my keep y'all, keep in mind, this is all around January. January 2015, which would be the year I'd meet my husband. Um, so this is January. This, this, this bullshit's happening or whatever. The, the, the worst fight that happened was, um, they had took my house keys. They had this some stupid ass shit. And I remember I had to go all the way to the fucking place they were playing basketball to get my keys because I couldn't even get in my own fucking house. So that happens. We're on the trolley. They, he has, they have my keys. They're fucking with me. And I say, can you please give me my keys? I'm going to pee on myself. I have to pee. He said, well, piss on yourself. When he said that, I lost my temper and I shoved him. This is what he was waiting for. When I shoved him, he, his brother slapped the glasses off my face. They snatched my backpack, they, you know, and once he took the glasses off my face, I couldn't see anything anymore. I couldn't see anything. And they were just like, when I tell y'all they was taking turns, I ran up to my studio, I kicked my door in and I did everything I could to lock the door. They come back at about 12 midnight. And this, now I wanted blood. So when they come through the door, I'm like, why the fuck? Are you motherfuckers still in my fucking house? Mind you, I'm a female all by myself. I wish I had a dad or somebody, you feel me? I was like, why the fuck are you guys back in my house? Because this is my fucking house, bitch. This is my house too, da-da-da. Because, you know, I was dumb enough to put my ex on my lease. So I said, okay, you, I said, that's how you feel. I said, but you're the brother. You don't have to fucking be here. So I try to pick up his stuff. He go, don't touch my stuff, bitch. And he literally proceeded to grab me by my neck and start choking me. And I'm, <laughs> Tauruses, we're known for being calm. Calm fucking serial killers, bro. Cause we will make it look like ain't nothing wrong in the motherfucking world. And when that one little thing happened, we gonna give you all that. So once he did that to me, he grabs me by my neck. Give me a second, y'all. So he proceeds to um, grab me by my neck. And once he did that, I literally calmly Calmly, Mind you, he's doing this all with my freaking abusive ex right there who wasn't doing shit. Um, I calmly grab, go reach to the stove because he was choking me by the stove. I calmly turn that motherfucking stove on and I start letting the, the fucking pan heat up while he's choking me. So sorry for the interruptions and for the constant pausing, y'all. I'm a wife and a mom, so probably gonna hear stuff in the background you hear me my mood a little bit irritated because yeah sometimes you know um well I mean I mean I hate losing my train of thought but okay y'all so anyway I calmly uh turn that stove on and I let that stove get hot and I let the pan get hot and once that pan got hot I hit him in his head like three different times and to the point where he let go of my neck and once he let go of my neck, he backed up into the wall and I still threw it at him. 
Cause I was, y'all, at this point, I was done. It was, I was done. Like I was not, it was finito. Like this is where I feel like the bull had awoken because I felt like in this moment, anybody can get it. Anybody standing next to me, anybody standing next to this fucking explosion is about to get it. Cause I was like, I'll be damned if I had to get a guy force himself into me the person that got murdered, yeah, it's horrible that happened to you, but you weren't no better. And then here you come and you think you're going to put an end to my life? You think you're going you think you're going to kill me or some shit? You really think I'm going to sit here and let you kill me? You really think I'm going to sit here and let you put an end to me? Motherfucking big floor floral karma, you got me fucked up. So when I did that to him, um, you know, I literally kicked him the fuck out my house, grabbed his fucking stuff, and threw that motherfucker over the railing. Like, I'm not fucking playing with you. I'm not fucking playing with you. Like, you know, it was a couple of times I had to go, you know, like, a little bit freaking, like, crazy. Like, at this point, I was not playing anymore. I'm talking about to the point where the freaking baby mama of the brother that did this to me, his girl, started coming over to the studio and then my ex was like messing around with her and I didn't care about that. I just couldn't believe this girl would really be in my house. And one time I really caught her in my house. And I told her, if you don't get the hell up out of here, you finna get thrown over a railing on everything I love. You're gonna get thrown over a railing right now. Get the fuck out of my house. You feel me? It was like so much like, after that crazy incident, that that happened, you guys, January 21st, 2014. I kicked them out, and most of you at this point are going, well, why didn't you call the police? Listen, listen, you're not thinking sometimes in scary situations like that, especially not having nobody the way I, I did, um, so far behind in an area that was already so dangerous. Yes, I had a lot of freaking homies that, you know, cracked knuckles and wanted to do a lot of damage. You know what I'm saying? Like, his, 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 his inbox was filled with a lot of threats. You feel me? But, you know, to the point where I had a friend, there was one time where he was choking me so bad, I accidentally called my, my homie. And he's, he he's hearing this and he's he was on his way, like on the freeway, like he was on his way. I had to tell this dude not to like, even my husband to this day, like, why the fuck did you? Cause like, you know, that type of stuff, you feel me? Like I didn't, I just, I always thought, damn, I'm probably going to end up getting in trouble. And I didn't want nobody risking their freedom over a decision that I keep making. You got, you get me? Um, I, I tell them, like, you know, y'all, I got it. It's crazy, but I, I got it, right? So after that happened with the kicking this brother out, February comes, and, you know, my abuser is still there. Like, his brother left, and this dude still didn't want to fucking leave. So you know what I had to do? I had to turn it up a notch because I didn't have the income that I needed at this point like I was starting to fall behind in bills because I kept always like going to friends houses I kept going to I kept trying to find uh you know something to get away from this dude and my adoptive mom you know I remember always pleading her I'm like mom like one of these days he's really gonna kill me and she'd be like well good because you keep choosing to stay there so I'm like okay why the fuck I even call this lady um I think the worst, worst last two fights that happened, you guys are all like, those are bad. You think those are worse? Like, I know, I know. 
But the thing that made it for me to like, cuckoo, it's time to go, you feel me? Um, was, okay, so the, the last, I think at this point, February, we're broken up and the dude just still didn't want to fucking leave. And um, I remember where I really started getting violent with him was Feb February 13, 2015. February 14, 2015, the day before Valentine's Day. I was I was going on my mind, y'all. I was going on my mind. I was like, you know, I had I started drinking, I started smoking. I had went to this um, fair with my friends, you know, because um, they, you know, they wanted me to get out the house. And I came back because he had left for three days, like no food, nothing. Like this dude was just not a fucking provider. He was sorry as shit. And I remember again, this dude came at midnight because when I woke up, y'all, he was just sitting in a fucking chair, just staring at me. And it was already creepy because it looked like he was thinking about like, you know, just killing me or some shit. I didn't even know you came into the fucking house. So I get up, mind y'all, I was still high as shit. I smoked me a fat ass blunt. I was high as shit. And I get up, I go to the fridge and I'm like, of course there's no food, right? So at this point, this dude wanted blood. So I try to move to the side, he blocks that side. I try to move to another side. He blocks that, and he knew I, he knew what he was doing because I put my hand out to tell him to move. He grabs my hand and proceeds to what? We're not surprised. Beat the shit out of me again. So this time, I'm trying to grab a broom or something to like defend myself, and he's putting it over my neck, and I was spitting in his face, and I was just telling him like, kill me, just do it, cause I don't got no fucking body that love me, no way. So just do this shit. Put an end to my misery. Fuck it. Once I told him that, he fucking got off me. When he got off me, I tried to reach for something again, and he freaked. Mind y'all, when I went to that fair, nobody told me you're, supposed to, you're not supposed to put your hands down when you're in a roller coaster. And I smacked the shit out my hand, my, my left hand. I had a big ass knot on my wrist the size of a baseball. He had kept smacking my hand at the edge of the dresser on this fucking welt, and I was screaming. And I think that's the day that's why the police came. Um, I pled to God in that moment. Like I was crying out to God. I'm talking about there was holes in my apartment because I kicked the wall from how many times I had to try to get out his fucking chokehold. Um, you know, the police came. They come, they take me because I didn't open up my mouth. They take me for domestic violence a day before fucking Valentine's Day. And Valentine's Day, I was fucking locked up, y'all. And I got no shame in my game because that's who the fuck I am now. Um, but that would be the first time that... I, they had, I, by the way, they've removed that and they dismissed it because I mean, it was obvious. Like my face was all scratched up. I had his fingers imprinted on my neck. Um, I had bruises all over my legs. I was in there for like six days, y'all. And after I got out, I remember I was taking a shower and he starts trying to knock on the door. Cause mind y'all, I had put up $400 in the Bible, Psalms 23. I put $400 in, the, in that Bible. Cause I knew he ain't gonna grab the word and I knew my money would be safe. I did this all before the cops, would, you know, the cop let me do all this cause he knew I was fucking lying. He knew that that guy was the abuser, but in the state of California, they have to take one of y'all. And I let them take me, shit. Anything is better than being motherfucking here, you feel me? So. I'm taking my shower. He's banging the door to try to act all it. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Da, 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 da. I look at him and I go, get the fuck out of my face. So we're going to turn this y'all into a part two. It's getting good. It's getting juicy. I'll see you guys in part two.